Canucks Central Tuesday. It's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. We are in the Kintec Studios. And today is not trade deadline day. Are we sure about that? But it has certainly felt like it. I don't know. Whoever's doing the accounting at some of these NHL teams, like, do this by the end of the month. It'll just make it easier on us, you know? Like, uh... Get, get some of that month-end payroll through the books. Uh, that's not really how it works, but I'm just trying to make a joke because a lot of players have been moved today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canucks even getting in on the action, which uh, is the reason why we will start today's show. Uh, Sat, um, yes. we need a uh, Luke Shen trade update uh, um, okay. because you know this has been the longest mm-hmm. saga ongoing forever since the beginning of time, at least the last two weeks. Uh, Luke Shen trade update. Do we have one? He has been traded. Finally. It has been. It's, it's finally done. We checked <laughs> in every single day, numerous times a day, and he's finally been traded. Uh, for a third round pick coming back Vancouver's way. And speculation is more to come mm-hmm. for the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of smoke around the Canucks and Pittsburgh Penguins yet again. A lot of uh, ties between the front offices there with uh, Jim Rutherford's and Patrick Alvin. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we hearing, before we get into all of that, what yes. are we hearing right now on what's going on between the Penguins and Canucks? So my understanding, and all I've been told, is that JT Miller isn't going to get traded right now or isn't likely to be the, to be the player that's getting traded. Now, that's what I've been told, checking out on the Vancouver end of things. I can't verify that they've actually gotten deep in mm-hmm. discussions, even on Brock Besser. And I know that's even been poured, that there's been some cold water poured on Brock Besser's name. Rob Rossi re- reporting that uh, he's spoken to a Vancouver and a Pittsburgh source who've both indicated that Brock Besser is not coming to Pittsburgh, that a trade is not close on that. Now, hasn't talked about any, any other players. So that was where I was at today, that JT isn't the player that's about to get traded mm-hmm. and that I can't verify that Brock's in discussions or they're in discussions with Pittsburgh on Brock. Does it mean something else is going on potentially? Because there's a lot of smoke here. The question is, what does all this smoke mean? Is there actually fire here? Shana Goldman was uh, first to get the ball rolling on this. And it started earlier today uh, on the Canucks and Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, there was, Earlier discussion from a Pittsburgh reporter on JT Miller. Mm -hmm. At least some talks happening there. There is some discussion of who was shopping uh, in this uh, situation. Were the Canucks shopping JT Miller to the Penguins? Were the Penguins calling about JT Miller? This is trade season, and these are the rumors that are ongoing. But it has really been speculated that the Penguins and Canucks were heating up on something. Uh, hearing key piece from Vancouver as a forward with term, wouldn't be shocked to see one or both of Pedersen or Pierre-Olivier Joseph going back. That was mm-hmm. from Shana Goldman at 1.45 this afternoon, and now it is, of course, 4.04. And if you're listening on podcast, maybe a trade has already been struck. But there's a lot of smoke here. And when mm-hmm. – I almost wonder, you know – What's taken so long? If there is this much smoke, why hasn't something been completed yet? Because think of 
the Orloff deal to Boston. Yeah. You know, as soon as it got out, like five minutes later, trade was announced. Eckholm today to the Edmonton Oilers. Fridge is like hearing talks are heating up with the Edmonton Oilers and the Nashville Predators. A few minutes later, there's a trade being done. Um, it's very rare that you have hours pass by as, you know, there's been reports of talks intensifying. It's uh, it's not normally how these things work. Yeah, and usually when it gets discussed this much, it doesn't happen. Now the the Evander uh, the Patrick Kane to the Rangers one's a little bit different, right? People knew that it was happening. It just time needed to pass for the cap space to open up. One thing that has been mentioned is that could cap considerations be a reason why this hasn't happened yet? Mm. Not from Vancouver's end because they have LTIR space and they're looking to move money out anyway. So I think. I think they can do things in that in that sense. But Pittsburgh has made a number of moves. Pittsburgh, um, depending on if Brock McGinn or Friedman get claimed, may Probably have unlikely more, to get claimed. Yeah, but they could have more cap space. Yes. And so they might be waiting to see how waivers plays out before making any moves. Because once those guys clear or get claimed to your point, they can reassign them and then the money comes off your cap. And then that opens up something. So could this be 24 hours away? Uh, that could be one of the holdups here, um, but if we're hearing that it could, it's not going to be J.T. Miller, and it may not be Brock Besser either. It, you, you start to kind of wonder, like, what exactly is yeah. the piece being talked about? Here? I know, and and you know what? This can be a bit of a fool's errand because mm-hmm. we go from like, okay, it's not J.T. We hear it's yeah. not Brock Besser, so who is it? You know what I mean? And then we end up, is it Thatcher Demko, the guy who was showcased yes. yesterday? You can look at that way and say Thatcher played against Dallas. Played Why really rushed well. him back? Played really well. Did they show him? And now all of a sudden, that's the player they're talking about? You can do this exercise, right? And be all of a sudden and think you're onto something. But there's also a truth out here. Yeah. People get lied to all the time. This time of year, everyone's getting lied to all the time. So I do think it could be a situation where are you trying to get something else done somewhere and you're smoke screening? Mm-hmm. Could could people being be told something because they have other agendas? That's a possibility also to keep in mind here. So so I think you gotta be careful to just because, you know, I've told been told JT's not getting traded doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. Like yeah. from Vancouver's end, I don't think they would want it out at all that JT's getting traded, would they? Well, no, because especially if something were to fall through and we also know and you that have this player signed for another seven years. I'm been reporting on this, and he retweeted what he mentioned yesterday. But JT himself has said, based on his discussions, he doesn't believe he's getting traded. Yeah, and he's been told he's probably not getting traded. That's kind of the sentiment around him, right? So if if that's the feeling, you don't want it to get out that you might be shopping a player, mm-hmm. or you might be open to trading the player ahead of the deadline, right? Like, is that a possibility? The Canucks didn't. Uh, put Miller on the shelf because of trade-related reasons because he's legitimately injured. Yeah. But is this an injury he's been dealing with? Is it convenient to say, hey, take the week off now ahead of the deadline? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, It's something he's played through all year anyway. Yeah, and I think we'd be foolish not to recognize that it would make no sense for Vancouver for that to get out. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help them at all for anybody to have any inclination about them wanting to move JT Miller. So I do think that's a truth we all have to kind of Except, like, Vancouver's not going to tell anybody that they're looking to trade JT Miller. Well, and as we've discussed this whole time, at least from your information, you know, this isn't or has never been about the Canucks wanting to move JT Miller. 
But we are living in one of the most active trade deadlines we've seen or trade deadline seasons we've seen in recent memory. You have an Eastern Conference that has essentially become an arms race and every team is lining up to try and get better in every little spot that they possibly can. Mm -hmm. You know, could some team just step up to the plate and give the Canucks a package that they were sort of hoping to get for JT Miller even before they signed him to the mega contract extension they did in the summer. And if that happens, well, then maybe uh, trade discussions on. If it doesn't happen, mm -hmm. as we've discussed, JT's not getting traded. No, and at the end of the day, Vancouver has indicated they want value. Yeah. And they're not looking to just get rid of this player. Right? And everything we've heard so far, based on the reporting, is that the teams that, when when uh, the Canucks have talked to other teams about JT, it's been, eh, we're not quite sure. Or like, hey, how are you going to make Carolina his looking to get JT Miller for uh, for a song? Yeah, and even Rob Ross. And one thing to keep in mind, Rob Ross is reporting too. He said initially when JT Miller's name came up, it didn't sound like something Ron Hextall wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Right? It was kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. Uh, it, it feels like we are the Dennis Rodman meme right now trying to like uh, portray and do the different like type of things to the machinations, you know, to like figure out how all of the trade pieces are working. But um, that's that's kind of where the Canucks are. Yeah. And a lot of things could happen. A lot of things are on the table. That is how we stand a few days away from the deadline. Yeah. And, and that's what I would say, though, in general, um, with everything kind of going on right now. We all gotta take have to take a bit of a deep breath mm -hmm. and, and let it unfold a little bit. Because we could talk ourselves, we can twist ourselves into pretzels trying to figure this stuff out and start speculating like really ridiculously into what they might do. And it gets almost irresponsible. Our job is to speculate and speak about hypotheticals, but it's becoming what you we're starting to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and that's what yes. makes me a little uncomfortable. It's like anything could happen now if this is how you look at it. Well, you know it's Canucks Twitter because Pedersons have now been uh trending on Twitter for most of the day in Canada because uh, Marcus Pedersen would be potentially one of the pieces in this hypothetical trade that has not yet happened between the Canucks <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, yes, of course, we're all wondering, you know, how is Shorty and Batch going to figure out which Pedersen to describe? Is it Elias or the other Elias or Marcus Pedersen? There's too many Pedersons. Too many Marcus. They have to call him Marcus. Yes. Marcus Pedersen. Just Those Marcus. are the same Marcus Pedersen. That's what they'll have to do. Just call him Marcus. Uh, that might be the best way to go. But one trade that was made was Luke Shen to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a third round pick in this year's upcoming draft. Um, it was taking a while. Chen had been out. Mm -hmm of the lineup for trade-related reasons for a little over a week now. And finally, the trade has been commenced. You know, uh, it was pretty obvious that from Shen's camp, things were starting to be uh, at least frustrating that yeah. he'd been out of the lineup for so long, waiting for a shoe to drop. But uh, the Leafs, who made, uh, uh, feels like, a thousand moves in the last couple of days, have now added Luke Shen for a third-round pick here. Yeah, and the reporting to nothing, Elliot mentioned this, that it seemed like Vancouver knew they were going to get a third round pick. Yeah. A mid to late third round pick was kind of on the table for them, or they knew that something they could get you know, when they started healthy scratching uh, 
Luke Shen for her trade-related reasons. It's clear Vancouver wanted to see if they could, could get more, and we asked, right? Can Vancouver maybe squeeze a second out of somebody? Mm-hmm. Can they get a second-round pick somewhere? It became pretty evident that wasn't going to happen. And and maybe because of how the trade market shifted once Orlov became available, and Gavrikov is still there, and then Boston went out and traded for Orlov, that maybe it, it actually did go quiet on Shen, and maybe that third-round pick that was there maybe wasn't there. Right. And then when it reappeared again, I think Vancouver just said, let's just make this deal. Like, instead of holding on to see if we get more by the deadline, Shen wants this to be over. I think Vancouver wanted to, to be done with it as well. And at this stage, when you're a few days away from the deadline, it's the low end of what's fair. It's fair. It's yeah. on the low end of what's fair. We're talking about maybe getting, what, up 30 picks in the draft? Yeah, I mean, at best, you're getting... Like a full round better. Yeah. Like, you, you, you might have hoped to, to hold out for a second round pick. But it was probably always going to come from a contender, and it would have been a later round second pick. Like second for, round pick. I mean, for instance, like, Toronto could lose in the first round. Yeah. And that's usually so what bad. they do. And that's usually what they do. And and it's not going to be a, a, that bad of a pick. And what if it was Boston's second round pick and they go to the cup final? That's a, that's a late... That's, like, essentially one of the last second round picks you'll have. Maybe the last second round pick in the, in yeah. the draft. And that's a difference of, what, 16 spots, 17 yeah. spots? Not a huge, huge difference. And uh, when we talked about percentages yesterday, if yeah. you really look at it that way, then uh, you're talking about a even smaller difference than the actual uh, draft pick selection or where they stand in the NHL entry draft. Uh, Shen turns out to be uh, as good a UFA signing as you could have hoped for, um, was really strong for this club, big-time leader in the room, fits so well next to uh, Quinn Hughes and – has seen Hughes kind of develop into the big time defenseman that you know the Canucks have needed him to be yeah. after he had that really tough sophomore year. It's it's almost like Shen was part of the help that got him back on track, and you could not have asked for a better fit uh, over the last year and a half than what Luke Shen has provided to the Canucks, and now adds a draft pick to their stable. And don't look now, Sat, but the Vancouver Canucks. As of 4-14 on Tuesday, February 28th, have seven selections in the first four rounds of the upcoming NHL entry draft. They have the Islanders pick, Mm -hmm. assuming it does not get deferred to next year. Which you're kind of hoping it does. Yep. They have the Maple Leafs pick in the third round of this year. And the New York Rangers pick, which was acquired last year in the Tyler Mott deal, uh, in the fourth round to go along with all of their own selections. For me, this is already looking like a bit of a win for a team that is very much in retool mode right now. Well, they've added... I do think we have to look at the Bo Horvat trade as being part of the um, trade deadline kind of overall return. It's not a trade deadline deal, but it's ahead of the deadline. It's the same type it of deal. It kicked off trade season it in did. the league. And it's honestly like, it's the best quality return of all the trades we've seen. Yes. You know, the first round pick, Ratu, and the way Bavillier's played and come in. And, and I still think they could have done better volume-wise, but... I don't you want volume. You Who can't wants argue volume? on the high end. Why do you want volume? You can't argue on the high end. Dan, would you rather go to your favorite restaurant twice or your fifth favorite restaurant five times? Uh, favorite restaurant twice. Yeah. So why do you want volume? <laughs> as long as they got the high end, that's what matters, that's what matters. most. That's what matters. Like you can go for volume, sure. Just 
I thought they should have gotten an extra pick for taking Bavillier's contract. Bavillier is going to turn into a pick the way he's playing. You That's can flip fair. him next year. We'll get that pick. We'll be happy about okay. it, right? Maybe they'll do that. We're playing 3D <laughs> chess here. Okay. Hey, the Stillman trade, which we'll get to here in a second, is a 3D move kind of. It's yes. a guy they thought, okay, he might play for us, and if he doesn't, we can flip him. And they could. And they got a pro- and they legitimate you know, bottom six prospect for him. <laughs> you know, and it's not a stretch to say, and we'll get to that. You know what? No, no. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But in general... What the Canucks have done is add two first two picks in the top three rounds, potentially, yep. right? With what happens with the Islanders pick. Two picks in the top hundred, not bad. And they've added a prospect who is arguably now their top prospect. Or maybe their second. Like top three, yeah. four prospect in the organization. I think this has been a win already. The deadline's already been a win for this organization. You know, I, I thought they had they had to make the Bull Horvat trade. They had to make the Luke Shen trade. They had to. Like those are the two. Like you have to make it to pass. Yep. You don't make those two trades, you don't pass. Mm-hmm. They made the two trades, they passed. And even though the Stillman trade's a small trade, it puts them into the win category because they got money off the books and they added a prospect to their stable. Uh, they do what they initially wanted to do, which was clear all of Jason Dickinson's money for next year. Yeah, Not just this year, but longer-term cap relief. And took them a couple of moves to do it, but they eventually get to their end goal of clearing Dickinson's $2.65 million. And a reminder, that was not a contract that Patrick Alvin signed. It was mm-hmm. one that they inherited and was never a fit here in Vancouver after he got traded from Dallas for a third-round selection. But, okay, on that note, it's already a win. I think that's really hard to disagree with Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're being realistic or at least fair about it the Canucks have done what they should have done in the lead-up to this deadline now this is always going to be about a bigger conversation of Mm -hmm. you know was there opportunity lost or was there an opportunity cost to you know not being sort of a longer view team right away from the get-go of the season and thinking back to last off season should they have moved JT Miller as well back then and not committed to the contract I know everybody's always going to have those sorts of discussions but one of the things that has sort of changed the trade market here as well is that not only the Canucks have gone through this year and been like all right I guess we're tanking this year St. Louis has been added to that list. Nashville's been added to that list. Washington's been added to that list. And all of those teams have upped their future asset stable, potentially even more so than the Vancouver Canucks have already. So that's, I think that's why, you know, when you get into a situation where you have to be very clear about what direction you are taking, that's maybe where the Canucks have lost a little bit of ground not knowing exactly what they were coming into this season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, you could have maybe done some different things, right, and, and allocated your cap differently by making different decisions. I would say, though, to me, only two teams were tanking this year, Chicago and Arizona. Yeah. Columbus went out and signed Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. They had devastating injuries at the start of the season, and their goaltending's been a mess. That derailed their year. They are where they are. But the heading whole year season, been a mess for— you don't, you don't sign Johnny Goudreau if you're trying to tank. Yeah. Right, like and Eric Branson to sixteen exactly. million dollar deal. Anaheim Ducks wanted to be better. Look at the, the Ryan Strom. They yep. signed. They signed John Klingberg on the back end. They signed Bertrano to a long term deal. They signed like four free agents, a significant contract. Yep, that's not a tanking team. You know, like they ended up being bad, but those are the moves they made. Arizona tried to tank. Chicago tried to tank. Yeah. I think San Jose gave itself a chance. Mm-hmm. They still made some moves around the edges, but those are the only teams. Everybody else. 
was was still kind of making some moves. Montreal was wasn't trying to tank. They're trying to at least be somewhat competitive and build towards something. So I'd say that whole notion, and I agree, you should have a better idea where you're going. But I don't think there were a lot of teams that were doing it. It happened in season. Columbus yeah. realized what was going on. You go in on it, right? Same thing is going on in Anaheim. They're just a really bad team, so whatever. But I think Vancouver is the team outside of St. Louis that's been most aggressive about realizing where they are. A lot of teams seem to leave the door open for variance. Yes. Right? <laughs> and I think the Canucks did heading into the season. Yeah. Right? And I think all based on what happened last year, they wanted to move more money off the books. They couldn't. And I think they went into the year saying, we can go one of either way. Let's sign one of these guys. It gives us cover because mm-hmm. we have one guy signed. And if we want to go in, then we have the option. If we don't, there's only one guy we've committed to. We have some space and we'll see how it goes. But to your point, if you would have shaded one way, maybe you wouldn't have even signed him. And then gone into this year, both guys being UFA at the end of the year, and you're in a different type of situation, all right? That's a completely fair assessment about it. But given what happened, though, now that they find themselves here, I don't know what else Vancouver can do. Yeah. It, you know, they, they've every, they've shut down Mikheyev. Now Miller's down. A bunch of injuries. They're trading guys. They're sending guys out before trading him like they did Luke mm-hmm. Shen. They want to do even more. If they win games, they win games because they find a way to win them, right? With Demko the Dallas Stars night. had no business losing that game. No, last they didn't. Night. They really didn't. And and, and 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 I agree, Demko was incredible, but he still gave up four goals. Yeah, I don't know how Vancouver scored five, but they did. Right? Yep. They scored five goals and they oh, won the game. Uh, as as you and Bick like to say often, the, the Stars were very unserious to start that game. Last <laughs> yes, night. they were very unserious. Even the first goal. I mean, what is like Jake Ottinger is just like. Not no. engaged, you he know, was. not focused on the play. But they had lost five out of their last six coming yeah. into the game. So they, they're kind of on a on a trend where they weren't playing their best hockey anyway. So kind of all aligned. They're kind of snake bitten yeah. or they weren't doing their thing or it was pretty funny the- though, like watching Pete De- like anytime the, the camera shot to Pete DeBoer in that first period is like, come on. Like what what are we doing? Wake here? the bleep up, guys. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What are you guys doing? <laughs> right. So so I think now that it happened and St. Louis has been aggressive, yeah. but I think Vancouver is doing everything it can. Like if we look at deadline evaluation, end of year evaluation, deadline's a win because of the three moves they made so far, and let's see what else they can do. Mm-hmm. And they are legitimately, from an organizational perspective, doing about as much as you can to tank the rest of the season. The other part of this too, and and look, nobody's ever going to uh, be able to change the optics of what happened towards the end with Bruce Boudreaux, but they did not throw this team any sort of a life raft when it started to go really downhill. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, easily, like easily could have, and they didn't. Yeah. And even earlier this year with the whole Boudreaux thing, like they easily could have quite... Like, they could have come. They could have lied, right? And, and hey, give Rutherford credit because he says he's being honest. But they could have came out and said, you know what, this is getting ridiculous. Bruce is our guy until the end of the season. We're not making the move here. Everyone needs to calm down. Yeah. We back our guy. They never did that. Nope. It would have calmed waters a bit, even if it was disingenuous. And maybe you got to be a little disingenuous sometimes because of the chaos that ensues. But you can actually look at that and say, did they want it to get chaotic? Do you want it to completely uh, fall apart? They they certainly didn't do anything to help this team find some stable ground. Yeah, man. Boudreaux was dead man walking for a month. Yes. It was so, it was, the guy was saying goodbye before being officially <laughs> fired. It was the most awkward. Remember that last, his last game, the last press conference? He's talking about Rick Tockett yeah. before he's even been hired. Like Here's here's the current but, head coach of the Canucks talking about the next coach who yeah. has yet to be formally hired, and you have not yet been formally fired. And that's my point here in all this is, you know, they haven't done anything to stop this thing from <laughs> tanking as much as it can for this year. Um, I mean, as soon as it, they won a few games, they're like, JT, yeah, you, know, you got you got to sit out. 
right now you've got Pedersen and Hughes and and I guess Demko helping you win games, uh, but we'll see how many that it turns out to be through the end of the season. If so, if Demko is going to be here the rest of the year, to me, you can't start him more than like ten games maximum. Yeah, yeah. you can't. It's too dangerous. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Fifty percent of the games. Not I think, even. I, it's less than fifty. It's yeah. like it's what, what 20, 22 games remaining. I give him ten. Yeah. Maximum. Only ten. Yeah, man. It's hard to sell like not playing him like more than 50 percent you gotta hey you gotta alternate starts yeah. let them stay healthy as well right like what's just the alternate starts i think that's, that's all it. you can ask for. alternate starts and then yeah. t- sit him for the next last couple of games of the season i, I get <laughs> i get it like yeah. right now and, and i made the point last night on the, uh, don't on the let break. him play those games against arizona and chicago that's what i'm trying to tell you <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say it's like hey good job thatcher yeah you're you're take the next couple of weeks off, right? Because you can't, you couldn't tell Thatcher you're not allowed to come back and play, right? Yeah. As long as he wanted to play, he was going to come back. You mm-hmm. can't force a guy to take a conditioning assignment either. Like if a player wants to play, you're forced to activate him off your roster. Yeah. Could you bench him and not play him? Sure. But do you want to create that type of toxic environment with your goaltender? You don't, right? You can't force him not to play, but you can limit his starts. Mm-hmm. You know, you can limit his starts. I think they've already slow played his return. They said a few weeks, and it took 35 games before he came back. So they've completely slow played it. But come on, like, yeah, you're you're really playing with fire here. If, if you're going to be starting him, you know, 12 or 13 or 14 out of the last 20 games here, uh, let him split the starts and uh, and go from there. See how those last few games of the season play out. Uh, all right, we've got lots more to get to. Irfan Gafar is going to join the conversation. Still a lot of wonder as to what the Canucks could be up to next now that the Luke Shen trade is done. Stan Richo, Satyar Shah, we are Canucks Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Scratch that. It's now 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. That's the power of partnering up with uh, Sportsnet 650 and Canuck Central. Uh, All right. Also... The NHL trade deadline is approaching, and coverage is brought to you by Maui Gym Sunglasses. Born on the beaches of Hawaii, Maui Gym Sunglasses are designed with polarized plus-two lenses that protect eyes from harmful rays and enhance the view. Try on a pair and see for yourself. Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. Let's bring in our next guest, Irfan Gaffar, the fourth-period Canucks insider. Uh, said you would need to uh, break a trade when you joined us today. What do you have for us? <laughs> oh, I made about five phone calls to the same person and didn't really get a response. So, oh yeah, you're just getting ghosted, eh? That's that's nice to hear. Well, at least I'm not getting my number blocked. That's okay. <laughs> Could be worse. Very um, well. Um, so, okay, uh, the Canucks get Luke Shen done today. Sat and I just sort of talked a little bit through some of the rumors with the Canucks and Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you hearing uh, uh, that could be on the brink now that uh, we look ahead to Friday's deadline? Yeah, look, I think in the last hour, it's kind of the same thing here. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, JT Miller's the guy. 
I think it's unlikely. Um, obviously, all signs and people that have been saying things have been pointing towards Brock Besser's name uh, being, you know, pointed in that direction. But talked to someone pretty close to the situation there, and they said that, you know, Brock's name's been in and around for the last two years, and he hasn't been moved yet as well. So let's just assume that he's not going anywhere either. But it's stranger things have happened. And right now, I, I was watching or I was listening to your guys' takes off the top of the show, Sat, where you said basically, you know, this is smokescreen season. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of crap that's going around, which is 100% true. Um, but it's an interesting one because we haven't really seen days like this that are that crazy busy. So mm-hmm. it almost seems like everyone just kind of wants to get out on the action yeah. or, or do something or try to improve their team. But, you know, the deadline is still a couple of days away. So if they don't have it tonight, okay, then we're in circle back season. Let's mm-hmm. talk again tomorrow all day, yeah. right? Um, until, look, I, I, the Canucks won't have a game until Thursday, and then they, they, they have their practice tomorrow. So if someone's being held out of practice in the game and over the next two days, then I think that, you know, we can take a really hard look at it. But there is – where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's definitely some – Definitely some smoke with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, I'm sure they've had discussions, and Rob Rossi mentioned that this morning in the Canucks, or I mean earlier they had discussions about JT Miller. I mean, the Canucks, according to Rossi, approached them and mentioned JT Miller's name. But here's a critical part of Rossi's reporting that uh, Hextall didn't seem too uh, enamored with that idea. It was kind of cool on the idea initially, and you know they kind of shelved it for the time being or whatever. And so, and everything I hear, right, uh, Earth, is that. JT's not getting traded. I know you've heard similar things. There's there's yeah. a possibility that we are getting lied to, right? Because if you you don't want to want it to get out that JT's going to get traded, but I'd be surprised still if JT is the guy that does get moved because I think there's been a lot of discussions behind the scenes that as much as they're open to it, they don't really believe something's going to probably manif are going to be able to get done by Friday. <clears throat> no, and I think if his injury is week to week, like the Canucks are saying acquiring team especially if it's a cup contender they believe they're a cup contender is going to want to take a hard look at this guy and say okay well how 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 durable is he, is he going to be for a postseason run here mm-hmm. right so i think there's that aspect of it too but we'll definitely see what happens and i think that that's um the beauty of it right now right we've a few days left and, it, and it's going to get a little bit wild here but yeah the the better one it's just it, it's interesting because it's a lot of people are saying that, okay, well, it's got to be Marcus Patterson coming back or, or, or Joseph the other way. But um, there's also, they might have to, the Canucks are still going to have to eat salary somewhere. And if they're willing to do that, is that a matter of just a number? If it is better, I'm not, we're not saying that it is here. I'm not reporting, just speculating. If it is Brock, they're going to have to eat some sort of salary there. And what's, what's the magic number that, say, the Penguins want or any other team? What's the number that the Canucks are willing to go to? It's uh, like the the discussions around Brock. I mean, they go back months now. I mean, last week we talked about his agent really putting the full court press on trying to get something done. It's just everybody needs a resolution here. Like, and if not now, I mean, I guess you know that's when you start looking to the summer. But uh, it it just the more it goes on, the more it's just for me at least, absolutely necessary that a resolution is found sometime soon. Yeah, I think so too. And I think all sides kind of toward, uh, point towards a trade, right? Like the resolution is him being traded. Yeah. His name's, his name's been in the, in, in the trade mill for, or trade rumors for the last couple of years. He obviously hasn't been moved. He signs an extension. 
and then this season it's everything that's kind of going on and you know his agent coming out saying that we're trying to get a trade the Canucks are telling his agent he can go look for teams and you know the Wild are the only team he looked to and now there's different teams involved but yeah it's definitely a resolution that needs to happen but I don't know <laughs> look I, I just think that people in his camp are pretty close to him or under the impression that he's assuming he's, he's not going to get moved and, uh, until anything happens yeah, and you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much because we we were talking about this, right? Especially with this time of year, like we mentioned, you know, who knows what's going on? That you, it's easy to say, well, if it's not JT, it's not Brock Besser, and they're talking. Who is it? It doesn't necessarily mean well, anything. Gar- is yeah, it? exactly. It, could it be Garland though? Right? Could it be this guy? Like, could it be that? I, I think that's. I don't want to be irresponsible, but I do want to ask a question in general because his name's been out there, right? And even Kevin Weeks had a tweet out earlier today saying guys that are long-term options on the trade market included Thatcher Demko into that into that mark. Is that possible at all here that somebody makes a play for Thatcher between now and Friday? And well, if, if, yeah. if, if there's a team, if there's if there's a couple teams that could need Demko, one could be Pittsburgh and one could be the LA Kings, like we talked about, right? So, is that something that could manifest itself? Not sure the LA Kings. I think the LA Kings are really going hard after Chicken right now. Yeah, right. And I think that they're trying to take care of that. That's kind of their first priority. If if they can get that deal done, and then beyond that, okay, you look at our goaltending the next day or two, and is this really going to take us on a run? And probably not. So you kind of try and make a decision there. Um, you know, like we've always said, this this time of year is is a little bit wild, but. I don't think he's going to get moved. I think if the Canucks are looking to move him, it might be a summertime thing. Um, Weeks also mentioned in that tweet that Gibson was another long, a long-term guy as well, right? Um, or yeah, a long-term yes, goalie that, yes. that, that was looking. I can't remember the other name that he put in there as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Demko's, Demko's got it. The thing is about Demko is his contract is very appetizing for teams, right? He's a young guy. He's a very good goalie. And he's on a pretty friendly deal to be to be a number one. So, over the next two days, do I see it happening? Not really, but I don't know. Like we're at this time, it's silly season, right? What's what's the deal with uh, Thatcher and his status with the Canucks? I know you replied to Andy Strickland's tweet that um, Thatcher would be open to a change of scenery versus going through a rebuild with the Canucks. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think people are putting that stuff out if they haven't heard it or, or it hasn't been spoken spoken in some sort of hockey circle somewhere, whether it's the player, whether it's someone in a circle, whether it's a family member, whether it's something, someone's heard something. And yeah, I think that, you know, from his point of view, you look at it and you say, okay, well, my best chance to win in the next five years here when I'm currently under this contract, or am I going to be open to, to, to a move or, or to, like Andy, Andy pointed out, uh, a change of scenery, and I think that he is. Yeah, I mean... Now, that doesn't mean that Thatcher Demko went to the Vancouver Canucks and said, trade me. That, does, that, that has zero meaning to any of that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or, or he went and said that, you know, I, I'm, I, I want out, right? I think that if there, was, if there was an opportunity, I think they would take it. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity is all... all well, what this all comes down to, right? Because one thing that we've also been discussing for quite some time is outside of Patterson and Hughes, they'll be open to anything. And if that's the case, yeah. you're going to be listening to just about anything. And right now is the time where everybody is talking. And I remember hearing, uh, I remember talking to a general manager who said, 
at the debt, even if we're not a buyer or a seller at the deadline, we're always on the phone on the deadline and talking about our players and other teams' players because that's the time yeah. people are active. They're looking to make moves happen. You know, they're they're in the trade mode. And that's when you can get business done. You can jump in and get something done that you're looking to to do. And maybe somebody does give you that type of huge offer it would take to get to get one of your players, right? So I do think yeah. even though players are being talked about, and it doesn't necessarily mean the team is trying to get rid of them. It's more about this is our opportunity here to gauge the market and see if somebody's willing to do something that could make us think. Right. Well, and I think that you look at the comments from this management group um, earlier this season, major surgery is needed, mm-hmm. Right. So no disrespect to Luke Shen, and they got a third-round pick for him, but that was just a scope. Now you got to find out what everything else is wrong and actually open it up and, 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 and fix the problem, right? There, there's a lot more stuff that, that needs to happen for this team in order to, to be competitive and, and, to, and to try and turn things around here in the next few years. Um, so as we just keep going down the list of uh, roster players that have found themselves in <laughs> trade rumors, um, is there anything around Connor Garland? It seems like uh, since Rick Tockett came in, he's, he's kind of settled a little bit. Yeah, he's playing well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Playing well under a new coach. Look, mm-hmm. it happens for a lot of players. Look at, you know, Elias Pedersen under Boost Boudreau, right? And guys just, you know, comfortable under talking, and he obviously knows them. But, um, yeah, he's, he's been playing better. Um, he's been having some consistencies to his game. Um, do I think that, you know, the Canucks want to try and move him? I mean, like you, like, like we just talked about, there, there's no really untouchables on the roster. If they get an offer – for anybody that that they like, they'll take a hard look at it, especially in these next two days. Yeah. Well, if we're looking at something that could surprise us, right? Is there anybody like? Is there somebody we're not talking about? It could happen. People were texting in, like even Bavillier. He's been red hot, right, since being acquired at eleven points in, in in eleven games. And I actually made this point in the post game show last night. So in the postseason. Nino Niederreiter has played 82 games in the postseason for his career. <laughs> he has 30 points, 15 goals, 15 assists. Anthony Bavillier has played uh, 49 games for his career in the postseason. Yeah. He has 15 goals and 14 assists. So better production in the postseason, despite having one fewer yeah. point based on points per game. Had that big look- goal against the, the Lightning in the conference <laughs> final last year or a couple of years ago. This season, Niederreiter got traded. He has 18 goals. He has 30 points. Or uh, he has 28 points. 18 goals, 28 points. And he has $4 million on his salary next season. Mm-hmm. And a guy that usually scores 17, 20 goals and has hit, hit over 20 a few times at 24 last year, right? Bavilia has hit 20. Kind of similar production overall, right? He got a second-round pick back in return. Right now, Bavillier is up to 15 goals on the season and 31 points on the season. Is that the value? And like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying Bavillier should be worth a second-round pick. Then. Does he have a similar <laughs> value? I mean, hey, sometimes the trade market's weird and different and everything, but my point being, like, could there be guys that teams are interested in that we're not thinking about that actually have more value than we assumed, like, say, Riley Stillman? And Bavillier to me, kind of fits that mold. I think when you look at the Eastern Conference teams and the way that they've loaded up over the last week or so here. Like, you look at what the Leafs did. They're obviously all in. Boston going and doing what they did. Um, but one, one of the couple of teams that really haven't done much are, are Carolina. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty quiet. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins obviously have been, been a little bit quiet as well. And then Tampa got Janot getting killed right now in this yeah. game. But um, Does Tanner Janot have his so, sixth goal of the season yet or no? Okay. No, no, he doesn't. I think the I think the Lightning are just so shook they didn't get Luke Shen. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that when you go and look at it, like these Eastern Conference teams are gonna are, are trying to load up. And you saw the Oilers getting at home. They obviously needed a defenseman, but um, 
like coming out of that East, obviously with the Rangers and Patrick Kane, but coming out of the East, like that is that is going to be one tough, tough, tough out, right? To get to the Cup final, coming out of the Eastern Conference is going to be nuts. So I, I still think there's a lot of Eastern teams and maybe even some that have done some work that are still going to continue to add time, add pieces here over the next two days. I know I've like been. If, like... you're the, if, you're, if, if you're the West and you're a contender, or you think you're a legit contender, and you look at the teams you're going up against, you're like, okay, I can be okay with what we have right now if we get a piece here and there. But if you're the East, you're like, we got to get everybody. Yeah, I mean, well, Edmonton got Ekholm today, and that's. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like Edmonton needed that piece. Yeah, that's probably the like, biggest. I don't think Edmonton's going to do way too much more. It's the biggest move any team's made in the Western Conference so far. Um, like Winnipeg's been very quiet. Yeah, Winnipeg's been very and quiet, and they're, and they're good. Dallas. Dallas uh, did not look great last night losing to the Canucks. No. I, I, honestly, like right now, it, it, it's, it feels like Colorado's conference to lose. As they get healthier, uh, I guess, you know, Makar is still sort of up in the air, so there's a question mark. Uh, they have oh, and, yet, Landis, and Landis Cog, And right? Landis Cog, but, and they haven't really done anything deadline-wise. They did a lot of shopping last year ahead of their cup win, but they still look like the team to beat mm-hmm. in the Western Conference to me. Like when, when they're going – they're still fast. McKinnon is basically unstoppable. You yeah. can throw Miko Rantanen into that conversation too. Like I just, unless Vegas maybe makes a big move or LA solidifies their goaltending, I just I don't see a team in the West that really competes with Colorado. That's the one team you mentioned. It is Vegas. Is what are what, what are they going to do? Because they always seem to just be very very quiet, don't really do anything, and then kind of always in the mix, and then boom, they just get someone massive. Yeah. And yeah, they give up picks for it for sure, but they've been to a conference final, they've been to a cup final. I mean, and, and I, I think that, and they've been in the playoffs uh, quite a bit. So I think that, you know, for them trying to mortgage their futures on, in, in order about winning right now or trying to win right now or going into a playoff deep, I think that that's kind of their MO a little bit. So that's a team that I wonder what, if, if they do anything here over the next couple of days. Yeah, man. What's going to be left? By Friday. Like, I'm just wondering, like, we have extra coverage coming up on Friday. There'll be trades. There'll be more trades going on. Like, if all the rentals are going to be gone, are we going to see teams just be forced into trading players return? Is that what we needed then? Like, the trade market that gets so dry by Friday that teams are forced to move term? (laughs) Or teams just don't do anything because they're like, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the fear we all have, right? I think it's going to be like the the trade deadline recap show. We're recapping what happened this previous week. Literally recapping what happened on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but you look at like the, like the Leafs, like that you got to think that they're done, no? Or are they going to try and turn that first round pick into something from Boston yeah. now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else they could do. I mean, they've they've got nine defensemen on their roster still. They're good so, now, like, yeah. I mean, maybe they flip a couple together somewhere. I mean, um, uh, so, maybe trade away Justin Hall. Like that, yeah. that would be the one move I I could potentially see for them, anyways. Yeah. Um, okay, so so wrapping up up on Canucks thing, as, as a couple yeah. things I just wanted to just run by you here because uh, it is the last time we have you on this week, unless we unless something really earth shattering happens the last couple of, next couple of days here, Earth. But as far as taking on money and being a third party, the Kane trade is happening, right? And it's not going to be Vancouver retaining money and taking that back. Are there going to be any opportunities left for them to do that? You think? I think so. I think there's going to be a, ter- a team there somewhere. And the thing is, is that teams around the league know that the Canucks are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So the ones that, the ones that are left that have some picks that they're, if they if they want to give up or, or they, you know, need the Canucks to do them a solid here. And then in return, take a second or a third round pick for, for eating some sort of salary. Mm-hmm. I think the Canucks are more than open to doing that. And everyone around the league knows that. 
Uh, them. Oh, what yeah. is it? It's them, Arizona, Montreal. Yeah, those are the teams. And, I mean, uh, the way Minnesota's pretty capped out now, Minnesota, they made their yeah. moves too. So I think they've already spent their cap. They've made two of those types of trades. They made their acquisitions. They're pretty much done. I know Arizona, Chicago, they have plenty of space still, so they're still in, in on that market. So you're right. There is competition, but we'll see if Vancouver takes advantage of that. I, I, one question a lot of fans have, and I'm not even quite sure what the answer is, because as much as Vancouver, I know, likes Luke Shen, I'm not sure they're prioritizing bringing him back as a top priority this summer. But what, where do you think that stands, uh, Luke Shen coming back to Vancouver now that he's been traded in the offseason? I think they're pri- – okay, so just to kind of go back to what you said, I think their priority is to improve the blue line. Yes. But I don't think Luke Shen's a priority defenseman that they're looking for. I agree. Right, right, right. Like, look, they're going to go and have to get younger. They're going to have to get puck movers. They're going to have to get def- offensive defensemen. And Luke's Luke's great guy, angel leader in hits, solid guy in the room. Everyone loves Luke Shen, and I really hope he gets his chance to win a Stanley Cup with with the Maple Leafs, the team that drafted him. But I, I just don't know if there's that much appetite right now to bring back Luke Shen next season when you have to improve and get younger. Is this deadline already a win for the Canucks front office? Like, if you were grading Patrick Alvin, does he at least get a passing grade already with the Horvat, Stillman, and Shen moves? I think so. And Kravtsov. I can't forget And Kravtsov, Kravtsov yeah. Too. So, you, I mean, you look at those moves. I, I don't know how you really can say no, right? You, you got your third-round pick for Luke Shen. I know people did want more, but that's really, I think, all that they were going to get. Um, the Bo deal, you know, you get Beauvillier, and then you get, obviously, Ratu and, 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 and a pick. I think that that one, obviously, whatever the pick becomes. The best uh, pick that has been moved to this point in deadline season. Yeah. Right? Because every other pick is, is slated to be a, a later first-round pick. And then you get another top 10 pick in Kravstov. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Rangers gave up a lot for William Lockwood. <laughs> uh, all right. We appreciate your time, as always. Uh, did you enjoy the Carabao Cup win over the weekend? Yeah. I'm joining all my wins now. It's one trophy, buddy. <laughs> Take the wins when we can get them. <laughs> there it is. Thanks for this, Irv. All right, guys. Be well. Uh, there he is, Irfan Gafar, big Manchester United fan. Yeah, man, you. I don't want to talk soccer. I'm too depressed. <laughs> I mean, I'm like the fool who gets so geeked up for every single Chelsea match, no matter what. Like, yeah. I, I got so excited for the Tottenham match. I'm like, you know what? They're playing Spurs. It's a London derby. Maybe this is the match to turn it around. Ruin my Sunday. And how, how much is... Uh... <laughs> How much is Chelsea going to pay for Oliver Skip this summer? <laughs> Shut up, Another hundred million quid? Why not? <laughs> hey, at least they're entertained making trades, making moves, yes. you know, making signings. But you know what? Uh, I don't want to talk soccer. Like okay. honestly, it's ruining my. All mood. right, all right, all right. We got, we got. <laughs> but I wanted to bring back the Bavillier thing. Okay. And 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 this is not even trying to rumor monger. It's just about like, hey. If we're trying to attach value to the player. That's that's all I'm looking for, right? And I keep looking at Niederreiter. Niederreiter's a slightly different player. I'd say Niederreiter's probably a bit better defensively, I think. Niederreiter is better defensively. Offensively, he's a better shooter, I think. But yeah. I do believe Bavillier does other things to help out. So overall value, they're pretty similar. And Bavillier's never played in an offensive system. Now he's getting a chance to, to a little bit. We'll see where that goes. Can he be a steady 20-goal steady guy, a steady 40, 50 point guy. I'm not saying he's going to be 30, 60 point guy or anything. I'm just saying if he's a steady 20 goal, 45, 50 point player that has speed, gets in on the four check, is known as being okay defensively, those players have value. Like those yeah. guys are known as, you know, valuable commodities. They, they, 
get a second round pick like Nita Ryder got? Like, is that what we're looking Wingers at? Wingers do have draft pick value, especially when they are in the final years of their contracts. They do. Now, Nita Ryder has one more year on his deal at $4 million. Yeah. And that's what got me about him getting netting a second round pick in a market where it's hard to move money. So that profile of player yeah. clearly still has some value. Well, Marcus Johansson today went to Minnesota for a third round pick. Yeah. Now he's UFA at the end of the year. Yeah. The money's a bit different. But that's what but I yes. mean. You know, like good there's point. there's no world where even let's say Pearson comes back and gets back to being Tanner Pearson. He's at worth at least worth a third round pick next yeah. year. A third or a fourth at the deadline, yeah. maybe you retain a little bit. Like that type of winger plays in the like when the Canucks signed him with the previous regime, there was a lot of interest in Tanner Pearson at the deadline that year. Yeah. You know, and the Canucks signed him to that extension, but teams are willing to offer a second round pick plus. Some people wondered could they get a late first? Like Toronto was interested. They went and got Nick Foligno and gave a first for him. Yeah. Would they have done something similar for Pearson? Again, that profile of player has value. So that's the one guy I look at, not just at the deadline and say, to your point about did Vancouver get enough in that trade? What if Bavilli is a guy they knew they could always flip and is playing better and actually can net you a decent draft pick when you do decide to make that move? Uh, the Canucks are uh, playing 3D tress on some of these uh, some of these deals. I, I wonder. I mean, I didn't think they could have flipped Stillman, and they did. Right? And and they got value for him. Uh, they got value. They got rid of all of Jason Dickinson's money, which was uh, the goal at the start of the year as well. Uh, yeah, now, to yep. give a second-round pick to do that. They but did. Yes. But now, at the end of the day, it was like you they traded a second. They traded a second and a fifth for Ethan Bear. Yeah. A sec- and the, cap space. And they got uh, Josh Bloom back. And Josh Bloom. A prospect back. Yeah. So, they didn't just do the, you know, two, two, a second-round pick for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they did get back a prospect at the end of the day who can be, like... Josh Bloom already, Dan, is, and we'll talk to Cam Robson about this. Like he's a top fifteen prospect for this organization. <laughs> that, that's more of an indictment yes. on where this organization is. But anytime you can add a prospect that helps your group, your top fifteen, that's a, that's a positive. It's a big win. Uh, speaking of prospects, Cam Robinson is going to join us. He also uh, was reporting a little bit of the Canucks and Penguins trade talks today. Prospect Central and more coming up next with Cam Robinson.